Hebrews 11, let's look at verses 1 through 3. Why don't you read them out loud with me? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. We have such a tendency to want to live by sight. We want to see it. We want to figure it out. I appreciate Brother Duke with his his lesson this morning. Uh, Just with that verse, we have our own way. Some of us are geared to write. We like to plan everything. I, I, I love to write plans and figure out stuff and, and set up a schedule. We're going to do this, going to do that. I did that when I graduated from high school. I got out a year early so I could go right to Bible college. And preacher had it all figured out. By this age, I'll be doing this. By this age, I'll be doing that. It was a great plan. Very detailed. God took that plan. He said, good plan, just not mine. And put it in a shredder and then burned what came out of the shredder. Amen. Uh, but we, we need to learn from these lessons that it is that life of faith, just trusting God from moment to moment. Romans 1.17, our other verse we've read every week, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. We've looked at so many individuals in this chapter, and some of them are well-known, some are obscure. Some, their, their moment of faith is something all of us could have said, yeah, I can, I can tell you what that was. Others, we've looked at, like, why are they there? But then when you examine the scriptures, God highlights some things about them that's real faith. For the last few weeks, we've been looking at verse number 32. Let's look down there. Where the writer says, what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets. In this one verse, God lists seven people by name, and then an entire group of people. He mentions three of the judges of Israel. He mentions a general, and then a king, and then, of course, the prophet Samuel, who was a prophet like no other. I think that's why God separated him in that verse, Samuel and the prophets. And uh, just what an amazing man Samuel is. But this morning, we're going to look at David and David also. Um, it's interesting when you read that chapter that God would just use three words to describe David, of David also. And a good Bible study for you, just look at how many times God will throw a little phrase like that and something also. It's a good study uh, where God just kind of throws something in on the, uh, on the end and you think it's a passing thought, just not mean anything. When you study, you'll find out there's some great depth there. We're going to look at the life of David, lessons of faith from the life of David. Um, I'm going to attempt to do this in one lesson. You say, why? Well, when I've taught this before, I, I was going to spend more time with David, but I had just finished teaching for a year on David in Sunday school. And, uh, and so, uh, and we could do that. And uh, just uh, the life of David is, you know, just one of those that you can learn so much from. But this morning, we're going to highlight some things that I think will help us and we look in this subject of faith. Let's pray, and we'll get into it. Father, help us as we study, and I need your direction as I speak. Dear Holy Spirit, I pray you would capture our attention with the Scriptures. Would you speak to us individually? I pray you'd speak to me first, and then you would speak through me to these that listen. And may when we leave here today, we'll not be the same as we were when we came to Sunday school. Would you change us with the Word of God? Would you challenge our hearts, challenge our thinking, and challenge us to live more by faith? For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
As I said a moment ago, there is no way to cover the life of David in one lesson. But this morning, I want us to look at a few of the roles that David filled in his lifetime and see his faith in each of those roles. Every one of us have different things we do. Uh, I'm a preacher of the gospel and evangelist, but I'm also a husband. I'm a son. I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. That one may be the most fun. And because uh, I get to spoil the grandkids, I give them a sip of that frappuccino, then I leave the house and let Rhonda deal with them. Amen. And uh, <laughs> I just got a dirty look from my wife and my daughter. So, uh, oh well. <laughs> oh man, I think I'm going to move this over here and just, I'm going to teach over here today. Man, good to have Haley with us this morning. She's visiting class. I'm outnumbered. I better get back to the scriptures real quickly. Let's take our Bibles and let's go to probably the most famous chapter in all the Bible regarding David, 1 Samuel 17. Anybody know what's in that chapter? David and Goliath. What a chapter. Uh, We could spend a month on just that chapter. But we're just going to highlight a couple things here at the beginning. David is known, of course, as a, by a couple of different roles. And we're going to look at one of them here this morning to begin with that kind of lays the groundwork for everything else. 1 Samuel 17, look, if you will, down to verse number 32. 1 Samuel 17. Actually, we'll start at verse number, um, we'll start at verse 31. And when the words were heard, which David spake, that's the words he said in verse number uh, 29, is there not a cause? When he was asking, what will be done that somebody takes care of this giant? And when the words were heard, which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. So here's David. He just got to the battle, and he's saying, why doesn't somebody take care of this uncircumcised Philistine? Why are we letting him mock our God? And so he asked, is there not a cause? The king hears about it, asks for him to come see him. Verse number 32, and David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. There came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. And David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head, and also armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And, he said unto, and David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off from him. And he took his staff in his hand, and he chose five smooth stones out of the brook, and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, 
even in a script, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. What an amazing thing. We're going to talk this first part. David, if you're taking notes, first thought is this. David had a faith to simply trust God. When we read verse 37, it's astounding. We're here. He gives a story of him as a shepherd. And the king says, you can't go fight against this giant. You can't handle that. You're just a boy. And he's a trained warrior from his youth. And he says to him in verse number 37, And David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with you. He had faith to simply trust God. As a shepherd, he'd been faced with situations where he was taking care of his father's sheep. A bear came, a lion came, and he just trusted God to deliver him. I love this about David. You know, when he talks about slaying the lion and the bear, he talks about, in verse number 37, this one's nuts. I'm sorry, verse number... Verse number 35, I'm sorry, and I went out after him, so he's going out after the lion, and delivered it out of his mouth. So here's a lion, he's grabbed one of the sheep and drug him off. David chases him down and gets a hold of the lion, and it says, when he rose up against me, I caught him by the beard, by his beard. You realize where the beard is? It's right next to the mouth. He grabbed him by the face and slew him. Now, I've got a rule about hunting, I don't hunt things that hunt me back. All right? I don't go after alligators. I don't swim in the ocean. You're not the top of the food chain there. You're lunch. You know? um, my friend Keith Gomez, where my kids all went to Bible college in Elgin, Illinois, he, he hunts everything. And uh, he's got on his desk the head of an alligator. It's like this. And he killed it. He's in a little boat, a 15-foot John boat out in the, in the marsh, in the swamp, with a bow and arrow. And he shoots the thing. That's crazy. Give me a bazooka, you know. <laughs> David, he, he's going to go out to fight this lion. Why does he do it? Because it took his sheep. He's not going to protect my sheep. This is, this is what the, the responsibility that my father's given me. And he took it seriously. So he goes out and he kills this, bear, or this lion. And then he goes and kills a bear. Think about it, on his two most stressful days in his career as a shepherd, what was his plan? Simply trust God. He said, when that happened, the Lord delivered me. What a faith David had. By the way, we find out that's why God chose him to be king and not Eliab. Because in chapter 17, his brother asked, his brother Eliab, who was the oldest, the most impressive looking one, when he saw David there in the middle of verse number 28, he said, Why camest thou down hither? With whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? His disdain for his father's sheep. Well, you find if you go back earlier in the chapter, he left the sheep with the keeper. He found a substitute shepherd. David took care of his responsibilities. God said in Psalms that he chose David out of the sheepfolds. Why? Because he cared for the sheep out of his integrity. But in this, this, this area of being a shepherd, that role that he had as a young boy, he learned just to simply trust God. If you go there in chapter 17 and verse number 37 again, 
it says, And David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. We see him simply trusting God as a shepherd, but we see him tr- simply trusting God as a soldier. He gets to the battle. And this is one of those, I hope there's video. You know, when you get there and you've got the armies of Israel in the Valley of Elah, the children of Israel on one, on one side and, and the Philistines on the other. And every day, this giant comes out mocking God, says, send me a man to fight. Uh, when it uses the word champion there, it doesn't mean somebody who has won all this stuff. It means that he fought in place of somebody else. And the, the rule was, if he won, then, then their army won. If David won, then their army would win. Sometimes I think that might be a way to do warfare. Just pick your two best soldiers, let them duke it out, and see who wins. And for, for all these days now, for over and over, 40 days, he's out there mocking the children of Israel. And David gets there and he hears this. Well, the truth be told, Saul should have been the man to fight Goliath. But the Bible says about Saul, he was from the shoulders and... Uh, and upward taller than any other man. It means he was a head taller than anybody else. The average Jew in those days was about 5'3", five, 5'4". Five, uh, you know, they say Saul must have been at least 6'3", six, 6'4", six, maybe a little taller than that. He was the biggest guy in Israel. Goliath was almost 10 feet tall. You see his description, you know, they describe there in verse number 5 of chapter 17, um, the, his helmet of brass upon his head. He was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of his coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. So he's wearing this armor made out of brass that weighed 156 pounds. Can you imagine going to war wearing a jacket that weighs 156 pounds? All right, then it describes his, his spear uh, in verse number 7. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. It's like a 4 by 4 post. And the spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. That's 18 and three-quarter pounds. That's like taking a fence post, putting a bowling ball on the end of it, and throwing that around in battle. How many of you want to go fight this guy? There's a reason why Israel was afraid. And then he had a, 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 a uh, it says that one bearing a shield went before him. He had a guy with him to carry his shield. And David says, I'll go. The Lord will deliver me. The king says, you're not able. That's all right. God is. In the life of David, the, the most, I think the first thing we've got to see is that he, he had the faith to simply trust God. If you got your Bibles, are going to 1 Samuel 23. We see another instance where David, as, as a soldier, in 1 Samuel 23... The Philistines were, were fighting against Keilah, and, and they were robbing the threshing floor. And it says in verse number 2 of um, 1 Samuel, 17, uh, verse Samuel uh, 23, excuse me, verse number 2, Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up and, fight, and smite these Philistines? And the Lord said unto David, Go and smite the Philistines and save Keilah. And David's men said unto him, Behold, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more then have we come to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? And David inquired of the Lord yet again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into thine hand. And David 
So David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines and brought away their cattle and smote them with a great slaughter. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. So he comes to Keilah. The Philistines are there. What was his battle plan? He just asked God, should I go up and fight with them? God says, go. The people around David said, no, no, no. Don't you know who we're fighting against? We can't handle it here. You want to go there? So he asked God again. God simply says, go. So what does David do? He goes. As a soldier, he simply trusted the Lord. Notice that there was no sign needed. He didn't put out a fleece. God, you want me to go? All right. For David, faith was simply taking God at his word, just trusting the Lord. Uh, you go to chapter 30 of 1 Samuel. And now, uh, the, the, and when we get to the story here in 1 Samuel chapter 30, uh, David and his men had had, uh, had the great defeat there at Ziklag where they, they had come in and captured all the people. And, and uh, look at verse number 8. This is after David in verse number 4. You see him, he's... Uh, the people are weeping because their, their, uh, their wives, their daughters, had been, and their sons had been taken captive. And verse number 4, they wept till there was no more power to weep. And verse number 6, I love this, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of the people was grieved, and every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said unto Abathar the priest, uh, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abathar brought thither the ephod to David, and David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So look at verse number 9. So David went. He and the 600 men that were with him and came to the brook Besor, uh, where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued he and 400 men for 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Behor. So you see that he, he, he gets in this situation. Um, all of their families have been taken captive. He goes to the Lord. Should I go get them? Should I go fight with them? God says go. So what does he do? So David went. What is that? That's just simple obedience. That's simple faith. Just trust the Lord. When it came time for this fight, by the time you get to chapter 30, David is an experienced warrior. Everyone feared him. By then he had his mighty men. By this time, David was known not now as the shepherd boy, but as a warrior. But I want you to notice there in verse, chapter 30, verse 8, when it came time for this fight, David did not trust his years of experience as a warrior. He didn't trust on all the successes he had had in the past. He trusted his God. God, do I go or do I not? He didn't get his men together. You don't see he gets his mighty men and the 600 men together. All right, guys, here's the plan. We're going to go this. We're gonna... He just says, God, do you want me to go? Yes. Okay, let's go. Just simple faith. I wonder, the situation you're facing right now, are you trusting your experience, your years of doing it, or are you trusting God? There's a danger the older we get as believers 
And in the ministry, there's a danger. The more you've been in ministry, you have all these experiences, and you tend to trust those. Forgetting that in those experiences, you didn't know what to do. You went to God. God told you what to do. And after a while, you forget that part, and you take credit for the victory. David knew he didn't beat the lion in the bear because he was such a great shepherd. He didn't defeat Goliath because he was a great soldier. Both of those things happened because he served a great God. David learned to have just simple faith. I want you to understand that Noah failed God after he built the ark. David sinned with Bathsheba after he fought with Goliath, after he ran from Saul, after he... he, brought back the captives from Ziklag, after he'd been made king, after he had brought the ark back to Jerusalem, after God had made the Davidic covenant. It was after all of that that David committed his great sin. Peter denied the Lord after he had forsaken all and followed Christ. Peter had denied the Lord after he had been taught by Christ for over three years. You and I are not better Christians than those people are. Yeah, you can have experiences, and we can look back to that. But what we need to look back on our experiences is what David did. And he talked about killing the lion and the bear. He didn't say to the king, with these two hands, king, I did that. No, he said, no, I've been in tough places before, king. And God showed up. Oh, in our churches, we've got to be careful. Oh, we know how to organize a big day. We know, how to, we know how to do all the promotion. But if God doesn't show up, nothing eternal will happen. David learned to live a life of simple faith. Our problem is that we've had God step into our life so many times that we get to thinking it's because of us. You realize God doesn't use us because of us. He uses us in spite of us. Next time you think you're something, just remember God used a donkey once. You know, he doesn't have to have us. David had simple faith to trust the Lord when he was a shepherd, when he was a servant. But I want you to go now to 1 Samuel chapter 16. And look at verse number 12. You realize this is before he fights Goliath. In chapter 16 of 1 Samuel, this is where God had told Samuel that, he had, that God had rejected Saul and was going to take a son out of, uh, of one of Jesse's. He was going to take a king out of one of Jesse's sons. He says in verse number 1, in the middle of the verse, For I have provided me a king among his sons. And... It, Samuel comes to their house, and, and look at verse number 12. Oh, we'll go verse 11, I'm sorry. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And remember this, he, the, Samuel had said, the prophet had said to, to Jesse, Bring all your sons in. And he thought Eliab was going to be the king. God said, No, I've rejected him. And then he said, Are these all thy sons? Because God had said, No, that's not it, that's not it, that's not it. And so, uh, verse 11, Samuel said to Jesse, Are these all thy children? He said, Well, there remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. Even Jesse didn't think it was important to bring David to this special service that Samuel was conducting. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. 
And he went and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and withal of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So here we see David is anointed to be king. But he didn't become king till you get to 2 Samuel. I'll turn there if you will, 2 Samuel chapter number 2. Second Samuel chapter number 2. And we'll begin in verse number 1. And it came to pass after this, that David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah? Of course, this is right after Jonathan had been killed. And, and the Lord said to him, Go up. And David said, Whither shall I go up? And he said, Unto Hebron. So David went up thither, and his two wives also, Hinoam, the, the Jezreelite, Jezreelitess, and Abigail, Nabal's wife, the Carmelite. And his men that were with him did David bring up, and every man with his household, and they dwelt in the cities of Hebron. And the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. And they told David, saying, that the men of Jabesh-Gilead are they that buried Saul. So David, now he becomes king. We learned that David learned to simply trust God as a shepherd. He learned to simply trust God as a soldier. Now he's learning to simply trust God as a sovereign, as the king. Even though David knew God had rejected Saul and he was anointed king way back in 1 Samuel 16, even though he knew it was his job to be king, even though David had opportunities to slay Saul and take the kingdom, David had enough faith in God to trust God for three things for his timing, for the process, and for the results. David could have said, no, God anointed me king. I'm taking over for Saul. David knew what the will of God was. He just didn't know the when. And can I tell you, the when of the will of God is just as important as the what. David waited for seven years for God's timing. Let me ask you a question. What is it you know God has spoken to you about, but it hasn't happened yet? Do you have enough faith to let him bring it to pass? When David was, anointed, was made king by the tribe of Judah, it was by then everybody knew that's God's choice. David didn't have to campaign for it like Absalom did. Sometimes we, we, we know what God has said to us, but we start talking about it long before we should. That's what got Joseph in trouble. He started bragging about what God had told him he was going to do and, and began to tell everybody about his visions. And all of that came true. But what did it do? It caused family problems. It caused his brothers to envy him and hate him. Now, I understand that was all the plan of God. But I wonder how many times we get ourselves in trouble because we want to get in a hurry to get to what we believe God wants for us. David knew he was anointed to be king. But he had to wait until God brought it to pass. In Psalm 27, 13, 
David said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David knew how to just have faith to simply trust God in any role that he was in, whether it was the shepherd, that was the preparation years, the soldiering, that's when God was bringing him to to the position where people noticed him, and then as king, when God put him in the place where God had planned for him. In every one of those, he learned to just simply trust God. Would you look at another one? If we'd go to the book of Psalms, Psalm 7, Actually, preach. I think I'm going to let us out early. I don't want to get into the next point because I don't think we have time to do it justice. All right? I'm just going to stop right there. I want to get to the next one. Um, if you want to get ready for next week, read all of the book of Psalms. Okay? We're just going to talk about that. Just read it all. all there'll, be a cha- there'll be a quiz. You'll have to write out all the verses of chapter 119. All 100, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I just don't want to move forward because this one, I think, is just too much for us to rush through. But let me just reiterate again. First thing we see of David, he learned to just simply trust God. You know what we do as humans? We complicate things. Remember what Jesus said that for for a person to get saved, they had to come as a child. What does a child do? They just simply believe what they're told. They go, okay, I'll trust you. As believers, we have this problem. We want to help God figure it out. Can I tell you something? He doesn't need our help. And usually when we get in trouble, it's when we try to help. And uh, so many places we can see that. Let's pray. Father, help us to learn, like David, to simply trust you. May we just believe your word. Faith is simply taking you at your word and obeying. May we be like David and learn to trust you in every area and role of life, whether it's as a a parent, as a child, as a sibling, as a leader, as a follower. May in each of our rules that we play as a believer, may we learn to simply trust you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.